0: Hey, it's Bryce McNabb, Emmy Award-winning director of McNabb Storytelling, an Emmy-nominated brand storytelling agency. You're listening to Storytelligent, the show that helps you leverage your story to create a brand your audience loves. Consider this your antidote to the marketing echo chamber. You're welcome. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Okay, so we're continuing our Madness series last week. Not last week. Two weeks ago, I talked about the social media madness that takes over us, getting caught up in the social media bubble, okay? And so if you want to hear more about that, you can check that episode. This episode, I want to talk about another madness that takes hold of us, and this is the website Madness so a lot of these recent ideas came when, um, when I had a conversation with my friend Alex and he owns a, um, a, a restoration company. They're an emergency response company that, uh, say you got, you had a fire at your home, you had flooding, maybe you find some mold. They come out and they're the cleanup crew and they kind of clean it up for you. Do a really great job. And the problem came when he was asking me about, uh, branding with his organization and uh he wasn't quite convinced that I could actually help him but but the more that I started digging into his his business I started realizing like false assumptions that I've made about brand marketing in general so I talked about the first one uh, in the last episode which was getting at the social media madness and this slow realization that has been building in the background that uh, social media is a bubble and uh, and everybody's just perpetuating this myth that your business needs to be on social media. Um, and then what I want to talk about here also is websites. And really web copy, how you should be designing your websites, the type of language that you should be using on your website, and And that there is another specific madness, almost like this insanity, this insane mind that takes hold of us when we start to build our websites. So this is another expression of the disease, okay? And if you have been listening to my content for a long enough time, you understand that the disease is this insulated perspective that takes hold of us whenever we're working within an organization. It's a self-serving um basically just like an isolated perspective where we're suffering from the curse of knowledge and we're too close to our own thing and we have now the inability to see our organization from the outside looking in and everything looks distorted and it's as if we're looking at our company in in one of those funhouse mirrors right So we're trying to think about what should we market, and that's why marketing becomes really difficult, because it requires us seeing our company with fresh eyes. That's what the beauty of brand storytelling provides, provides us the ability to step out of our world, walk in our customer's shoes, and look at our company from the the outside looking in. But you'll see the disease express itself in in these different uh in these different unique ways one of them being uh you know the social media madness where you fall into the social media bubble you put in obnoxious amount of time on social media efforts that actually don't pay off right if you don't have an actual plan or an actual strategy if you're just doing it to build up a following because you think that's what you're supposed to do right checkbox marketing okay checkbox marketing happens again when we're looking at web, web design. And so this is where I have to give Donald Miller a lot of credit in trying to battle <laughs> the, the confusing language in web speak that crops up when we try to build a website. So here's the thing. People are looking at websites as if they're advertisements, okay? And we're designing websites as if they're advertisements, instead of actually building a website for its appropriate use, okay? So we use this really lofty language, and we're constantly pushing value propositions and promises and benefits, and we're throwing benefits onto people with these lauded promises and and this flowery language, okay? And as the visitor to the website, that stuff ends up becoming extremely confusing. I just rolled out a, a rebrand of, of my company, uh, a visual rebrand as, la- as well as uh, opening up a few offers that I've been building in the background. And with that rebrand, that visual tweak, it wasn't significant, but it required me like doing a, an updated color palette, uh, updated typefaces. The typeface I selected as my hero typeface was the Red Hat typeface, okay? And um, and so I went to their website to see how they're putting that typeface in use just to get inspired. And um, this is when <laughs> this idea <laughs> and this observation really started to take hold. Because it had been building in the background for a while, but it really took hold when I went to their website. Hold on. Let me bring up their web page so I can read to you the first thing that you see on the website. If we go to Red Hat's homepage, this is the first thing that you see. Red Hat. Our code is open. Clouds that compete can still connect. See why open source works. I got stuck on the opening banner. Okay? And, And I'm reading this this flowery promise, right? And what I noticed happening internally is I'm reading this promise and then I'm working out what they're actually trying to tell me so I can figure out what they actually mean, what they actually mean to say. Does that make sense? I noticed that my mind was trying to reverse engineer this promise into practical information so I could understand what they do. I opened up their website, my intent opening up this website was to basically answer the question, who are they and what do they do? And I get, our code is open, clouds that compete can still connect, see why open source works. I'm guessing from that, that they do something with open source cloud computing. I know Red Hat. They basically build, like, enterprise cloud database solutions on Linux-based platforms, okay? But why didn't they just say that? (laughs) Why didn't they just say that? Why don't you just explain? This is exactly what I do. Instead, I'm hit with a riddle. I'm hit with basically, like, website lingo sudoku, where I have to try to solve problem solve on this thing to figure out what the heck they do, right? And and I showed this to a friend, and he was basically like, "Well, I'm guessing if you're in the industry, it would make sense, right? But even if I'm in that industry, right, like I'm still trying to figure out exactly what they exactly what they do is still unclear, okay? Like it's a weird value promise, you know." Like, and, and I bet that only if I'm employed here, does that make sense to me, right? Like only, only if I have that level of context going in, does this value promise make sense to me? Early in my career, I was working with a collective of videographers and one day one of them called me a storyteller and I rejected that. I didn't feel like a storyteller and it didn't feel right calling myself one. You know, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg. Those guys are storytellers. I'm just making like company videos. I wasn't a storyteller. And the reason why it felt uncomfortable is because I knew the truth. I had no idea what a story was, let alone how to even tell one. Which is ironic because we are natural born storytellers. Stories are just a significant part of our life. In fact, they're the fabric of our existence. Your identity is a story. So, I want to give you a gift, because as a listener of this show, you deserve to own the title of storyteller. I've created the first ever Storytelligent Guidebook called Turn Strangers Into Advocates. And honestly, this is a guidebook. I'm giving you a very practical understanding of what a story is, along with my five-step brand story framework. And this is it. This is my breadwinner. It's helped me win three regional Emmy Awards and helped my clients generate over $450 million worth of revenue. And it's yours absolutely free so you can find a download link in the show notes or head over to mcnabstorytelling.com and download it there thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show i'm doing putting forth a lot of effort to try to reduce this flowery language back into its basic core components so that way it makes sense um it almost became like a little challenge to me in the moment. I'm also wondering like how many people would actually apply themselves to that challenge or up to the challenge of translating your web copy into something that actually makes sense. And and suddenly it started to dawn on me. I was like, man, this is why marketers don't make road signs. Because if we made road signs, people would just die. People would get lost and they would just die. Because you'd be looking for I forty, right? And but what you would get is like this super highway connects the east to the west. Enjoy the ride. It's like what the hell? I don't, I don't care. I want what? What road am I on? Explore what you can get at this exit. Just tell me what's on the exit, right? Like I don't care. I stop giving me. Weird promises. And so what I started realizing is marketers are pretending that under we're under the false assumption that a website is an advertisement. It's not an advertisement. An advertisement will get you to the website. A website is like a road sign. We need to kill this flowery language. And, and what I'm hoping is going to catch on is what I like to call utilitarian naturalism, which is, again, another flowery jargon speak for just talk like a human and say exactly what you mean. This is what I started to realize is happening. We're taking a list of, of meaning. It's almost like a bulleted list of meaning. Hey, here's the meaning. Here's the message I need to communicate on this website. And then as the copywriter... It's almost like we take on copy mode and then we start to be like, ah, oh, but we're making a website. So it has to feel like a website and and this is just what you do with websites. You make these flowery promises. So I need to now take this information and then make it a promise, make it a value statement, make it a an inspiring uh, like, uh, benefit. Okay. And so I'm going to, put a lot of time into thinking this through and making it this way. Then, now, so now that's one step removed. Now we have these value propositions and promises and stuff. Now this copy goes through revisions. And and then what happens over sources of revisions is you continue to get step and step and step removed from the meaning you're trying to communicate to where you've created a system of circular logic. That makes absolutely no sense taken out of context, right? Like, I need industry context to understand, to just begin to piece together this Red Hat riddle. Sorry, Red Hat. You're not the only one, by far. Red Hat is not the only one by far, right? Like, the, so many websites are like this. Specifically, this happens in B2B websites. <laughs> wow. Well, excuse me. Specifically, this happens in B2B websites, okay? But, but this can happen to anyone because what we, what we do is when we sit down to design a website, we're, we often don't think through, how is a customer thinking when they show up at our website? Often what we're doing is we're looking at competitors. And we're thinking, how is our competitor structuring their website? Because that's probably, that's a fairly good indication of what we believe a customer is expecting to see when they go on a website. So if we match what our competitors are doing, then then that's the that's the formula that we should match, right? That we're gonna be then be familiar to our customers. They're gonna understand. We just continue to then do like it's almost like a Xerox type of thing where it's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. We're just copying what other people are doing. And that then we've created its own bubble and that is the result of this um layout of events right this result of this sequence of events has created this website madness and this own unique website language and this whole perspective of how we think websites should look and sound and flow so it's not our fault that we're here but once we see it it's our responsibility to change it because none of this makes any sense because you have to realize that you're making your customer think and you're, you're basically giving them riddles. And we don't want to give our customer riddles to solve when they're on the website. A website isn't an ad, okay? It's not an ad. It is... And what I'm thinking this through is like, honestly, I really think a website is more similar to a road that our customer is traveling than the billboards on the road (laughs) inviting our customer to do something right like when i when i've got a customer on my website you know a potential prospect on my website i want them to do something i want them to contact me or purchase a program or sign up for coaching right or or like something i want them to stay there and potentially become a lead and potentially do business with me so I can help their business grow. I don't want someone to jump on my website and then leave and not do anything, right? Like there, there's a, a specific thing that I would love for them to do. Talking about my funnel, right? Like I, I want them to go into my funnel. That's probably the perp- the purpose of your website, is to get them into your funnel. Website is a sales tool, right? And once you get into the sales portion, yes, you need to get them excited. But now you've got to be very clear and very direct and make it extremely obvious what that person is supposed to do on your website, where they're supposed to go, what button they're supposed to click, what action they're supposed to take. Instead, we get overwhelmed by all these different pathways and all these different avenues with all these different buttons to click, right? It's overwhelming. And, and, it, and it's like, it's too much information, okay? And, and not only is it too much information, too much stuff to do, it's confusing because now we're wrapping it in these really weird, unnecessarily robust statements that we think are promising value, but really it's just like making it even more and more difficult for them to understand what we do. I read this, uh, this book a couple months back called Obviously Awesome. And obviously it is an awesome book. Okay, <laughs> but no, The whole book is about um, crafting obvious value propositions to position yourself. So that way, or po- rather, position your brand so that way when your potential customer encounters your brand, they know immediately what you do and they know immediately the value you provide to them, right? Not this, these lofty, weird statements that, that hold no ground and aren't anchored to anything. It's, it, we need to focus on making what we do as obvious as possible, Hey, I just got a quick question. Are you a regular listener of this show? If so, I've got a small favor to ask. You know, I love being able to provide these insights and help to guide you along your brand storytelling journey, but the truth is this show isn't exactly free. So in order to offset that cost, I need to make sure that it's actually growing. But there is something that you can do to help me grow. If you could please leave me a rating and review, I would be extremely appreciative. Thanks so much for spending time with me and listening to my rants, and enjoy the rest of the show. Making something flowery isn't storytelling. It's still confusing. Everything isn't prose. When you think about the path that your customer is taking to get to your organization, that path is a story that they're following. You have to think about your customer's story. You have to think about your customer's journey. What are they expecting to see along the way? Are they hoping to be confused by flowery statements of web copy on our website? Or are they hoping to understand who we are, what we do, and how we can help them when they get to the website? And they want to answer those three things immediately. Like, what, is, what do they need to see from us? right? So based on your customer journey, this might be a little different, okay? What your, what your potential customer is hoping to see might be different than what I'm assuming everyone is hoping to see at this moment. I know I'm painting a broad stroke brush, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> no one wants to spend time reverse engineering flowery statements. If this is the information we're trying to get across, right? Then not only are we wasting our time translating that information into weird, flowery statements, we're wasting our customers' time by now challenging them to reverse-engineer this riddle into the information we're trying to get across. Why don't we just be as obvious, direct, and simple as possible and just tell them exactly what they want to know? How about we try that, (laughs) right? How about we think about our website not as an advertisement, because it's not, right? Like, let's start thinking about our website as traffic signs. Because if you think about this, no one's reading your website. People don't read. I don't read websites. I'm scanning. I'm, I'm looking for specific keywords, specific information, because I'm in scan mode. I'm not in learning mode. I'm not in... Infor- in um, what am I trying to say? I'm not in entertainment mode, right? Like I'm trying to, to answer really quick questions very fast. Those questions being, who are they? What do they do? Can they help me? And once I've got that quickly, then I'll relax. And if I'm intrigued, spend time. But intriguing doesn't mean cloaking what you do in this mask of mystery and challenging your prospect to solve that mystery. (laughs) Intriguing is communicating to them the transformation that you're going to cause in them, reminding them of their ultimate character transformation, right? Thinking about the storyline. Their ultimate character transformation that they're going to experience by doing business with you and the success they're going to reach by doing business with you. Remember, success comes before the ultimate character transformation. That like, that's going to get them excited. I want to make them excited and go through the whole thing, not make them confused. But I also want to give them the information they need immediately and not cloak it in mystery. So be obvious, right? Be as obvious as possible. There's no reason for us to stress ourselves out trying to make our language flowery thinking that that makes us unique and that separates ourselves and distinguishes us from the other competition it's almost like this like who can confuse <laughs> what we do the most and that's like differentiation it's not differentiation right like i bet so this is what i'm what i what i meant at the beginning is that the clearer you can be and the more obvious you can be, actually, that's going to differentiate yourself from everyone else because everyone else is caught in this like so... they're caught in this website madness trying to figure out how to make these flowery promise statements, spending a lot of energy and time confusing (laughs) their audience, while you're then going to be focused on how do I become as obvious as possible as fast as possible, thereby... Connecting with your customer quicker, faster, and potentially turning that prospect then into a lead and bringing them into your funnel. So hopefully that's what I've accomplished with my website in my my redesign. I'll let you know how it pans out. Um, but, But yeah, that's currently the idea that I'm thinking. So if you guys have any questions, as always, you can find me at Storytelligent on Instagram and Twitter always welcome to send me a message via the website. Just fill out the contact form. Love to help you figure out how to strengthen your brand, how to clear away your complexity, how to simplify your message, right? And how to form a genuine connection between your organization and your customers. I will see you in the next one. Take care.